Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan and Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. We're, I mean, obviously, we're doing Bill and Ted Face the Music. I'm not even going to, like, preamble into this. We did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We did Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Now we have to do Face the Music because we're living in the magical time of 2021. And a third movie was released. I mean, last year. But like right. now in perpetuity, everyone gets access. I mean, you, you understand how time works. You, you've seen these three movies. You understand how time works. It is a perfect depiction of how time works. Yes, yes. correct. Time is always moving forward in San Dimas. That is what I have learned from two of three of these movies. <laughs> Indeed. I've also learned in the most recent movie that San Dimas is basically the center of time, space, and reality. Yes. Okay. Yes, they went on to explain in, in quite uh, elaborate terms the exact uh, uh, what it meant to have the world not align and then realign. And San Dimas is the, the core center of alignment. Sure. That all makes science. Mm-hmm. It's like sense and science. Oh, no, I, I got it. Yeah, it's very good. It makes it science for sure. science. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, since you have a, a firm grasp on the, the you know technical underpinnings of the film, I'm mm-hmm. confident you're going to give us an excellent summary. Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, they finally, like, the bill is due, Amber. They now need to come up with that song that aligns the world and worlds, excuse me, aligns the universe, aligns the planets, and makes you be able to talk to plants. Well, they well, never really cash in on they that don't, part. They still don't cash in on that, but at least it explains why no one was talking to their dog at the end of Bogus Journey. Apparently that song that they played to win the Battle of the Bands was not right. the song. Yeah, they seem to insinuate at the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure, Bogus Journey, oh, no. that that's uh, no, um, that that's what that was, but it it, w- it was not. And we learn that um, these uh, the Bill and Ted have been struggling for the last... 20 years or whatever it's been uh in to to write that that one uniting world song 30 and they're having a hell of a time amber it's been three decades three decades thank you yeah yes yeah you're correct um so the the other thing we learn early on is that uh the exact time that, that bill and ted are pulled into the future and told by the great leaders that they have literally till seven seventeen that very night to write the song that will cause the reality not to collapse. Um, yeah, so, it turns you know. out they're not just making world peace happen. They're stopping the destruction of all space and time. They've amped it up quite a bit. Yes. Higher Correct. stakes. Higher stakes and a much shorter ticking clock than I think we've ever had to deal with. In this time travel movie. Correct. Yes. Um, and we also learn that the uh, the final, that this song was written by uh, Logan and Preston. Just using their last names, Ember. Oh my goodness. I never definitely guessed five minutes into the movie that that was clearly referencing their daughters. Yeah, it's definitely their daughters that uh, record the song that says reality. So um, the entire movie is um, them kind of hopelessly trying to, um, you know, figure out that song that's going to save everything. Um, They start going back and forth in time to kind of bargain with their future selves to figure it out. Um, While their two very cool daughters um, try to help them by getting their own time machine and gathering um, folks from history who are uh, wonderful musical artists and actually gather a a killer band, Amber. And they... uh, they, they remix, at the end of the movie, they remix the song to save 
reality. Indeed. So there's 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 plot A, Bill and Ted trying to find the song to stop reality from collapsing. Plot B, their daughter is getting them a killer backup band. And then plot C, the future deciding, you know, there's two ways this can end. Either they write the perfect oh, yes. song or maybe we just kill them. And so then they send a killer robot after Bill and Ted. A very, a very thirsty killer robot. Oh, I love that. I both love and hate that robot. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. Oh, it's perfect. All right, cool. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Reality needs to be saved. Bill and Ted are going to save it. It's the culmination of a trilogy you didn't know you needed. Yes, absolutely. How did the critics feel about this? Yeah, the critics loved this movie, at least in terms of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. 82 for the uh, uh, critics and 69. 69. What's up for the um It's viewers. the sex number. Oh, boy. So Metacritic 65, 61. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of the things to note is, of course, this will be the first pandemic movie we've actually talked about. Yes, that's that's correct. Yes. And that's that's worthy of note because I feel like the critics were desperate for something to do something to watch they couldn't go to theaters this was this was released i think in in august and it was released digitally and so there you know theaters have been shut down everybody was crazy pandemic was crazy so it was a rough summer and they're just it, uh, so many of the reviews and even just the review blurbs are just like we needed this it's so hard right now real life is hard and we needed something squishy for our brains they hurt absolutely this is exactly what I thought um, as well, Amber, that um, so many of these reviews are very much uh, pandemic reviews that are like, um, it's big hearted and puppyish pos- positivity and cheap and silly. Yes. Loving and warm. Definitely. Bunker's adventure. It works fine. <laughs> like, it's just people just being excited. They watched a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. And it's not making me think about real things. It's there's mm-hmm. Time Magazine reviewed this. There were 41 critical reviews of this movie, and I'm not sure I've ever seen that many reviews tabulated for a movie yeah. that we've done. But like Time Magazine, what people want from Bill and Ted Face the Music matters a lot less than what it actually is. A crazy, imperfect, but deeply gratifying burst of optimism at the end of mm-hmm. what has been, inarguably, a terrible summer. Yep. It's ramshackle earnestness. It's certainty about nothing beyond the fact that we need to get our act together as human beings. Is its great strength. Yep. I think she's reading a little bit too much into that, given the gravity yeah. of the lifestyle, like the life situation that all of us were living through at that point, and to a certain extent yeah. still are. Yep. But it was, I, I feel like this movie probably got a COVID bump in terms oh, of the reviews. 100%. Yeah. I would also like to compliment uh, critics on their blurbs with um, so many of them using bogus, uh, sometimes in the the phrase of it's not bogus, um, and sometimes um, uh, it is goofy and fun and somewhat uplifting, just what I needed for this bogus year. So, you know, they're really, they're really pulling it all together. Good job, critics. There was one review that referenced the fact that they fucked up before in other movies. <laughs> Yeah, I actually found an article, Amber, that um, said that uh, both Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter um, responded positively. Essentially, like, the homophobic slur that was in the first two movies is not in this one. Thank fucking God. But, like, they, um, uh, yeah, there's now a content warning 
before both of the other movies and both Keanu Reeves and, and uh, Alex Winter kind of responded positively to that and kind of were like, yeah, we, we, we really messed up. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly, that's exactly the right move. It's like, this was wrong and it exists and we wish we hadn't done it. There we go. Yeah. This one review mentioned the fact that they really avoided a lot of like not just the cringe factor of that but kind of avoided other missteps that they'd done in the past and they didn't mm-hmm. get yes. too in depth into it and they kind of referenced one part of the movie that i think they were trying to avoid a misstep on and sort of maybe made one um with with mm-hmm. the drummer but yep. It, yep. it is it is very much a movie of the current time and a very large awareness and I think you could say like, oh, you know, they, they, they heard what people were saying, but they must have heard what people like fans were saying as opposed to critics. Because I didn't see a single critic say, ooh, don't do these things, do better. And I think more than mm-hmm. anything, it's the result of, hey, minorities, people of color, queer people are in the writer's rooms and part of production now, not in huge numbers, but enough so that you can have somebody say no or hey if you're collecting a bunch of musicians throughout time maybe they shouldn't all be white because yeah. <laughs> yeah and maybe they got there on their own but i think if they did it's because there are more people of color in their orbit now <laughs> sure absolutely so yeah the the, the most positive review re- positively reviewed movie of of the trilogy i think you know got a covid bump i think mm-hmm, probably wasn't necessarily more cohesive or even funnier, but yeah, it, it avoided some of the the big pitfalls of the first two and was optimistic, fluffy fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Sad, sad pandemic critics. Sad, sad critics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. On to the next part, Megan. Yes. Megan. Absolutely. Yes, Amber. We have a special guest. We do have a special guest. Someone who has been on us, been with us. I'm going to go with with. On did not make sense. For uh, at least two-thirds of the journey. Um, She she was a fan of the original. She hasn't seen it in years and didn't feel like she needed to watch it again for some reason. Not sure how we're related in that she didn't want to watch a movie she'd already seen. (laughs) But was interested to see, you know, where the the story continued in Bogus Journey and Face the Music. So my mother watched the last two movies with us and is joining us here this this evening. Hello, mother. Hello, Amber. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Megan. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Ellen. So glad to be here. This is very non-non, non-anus. Did I do it right? I certainly hope you did. (laughs) Or you're revealing some secret feeling with mathematics that I I am not on board with. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, you two historically gang up on me, so. This is absolutely what happens. My mother. So having... Fond memories of the first one, but not having seen it, and having watched the second one, and now the third one for the first time. What, what are your insights into the world of Bill and Ted? How do you feel about the culmination of this grand decade-spanning story? Well, it's an incredible intellectual feat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found myself constantly perplexed by the physics involved. Weird. Kid Cudi it's explained weird. them so well. And, you know, and thank God he was there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it was an incredible piece of acting. Um, mm, I, oh they were incredibly believable. Oh, sure. Yeah. Incredibly believable. 
And um, yeah, classic, classic film. Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it should probably go to the top 100, you know, once they retabulate. Of COVID times. Okay. Oh, oh yes. wow. Okay. Yep. Were there yep. 100 right. movies released during COVID? That's not great. <laughs> Maybe that's what I meant. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Bill and Ted, no. Were there any... So I remember you you seemed to, to be tickled by death in the first movie. Oh, I was thrilled with the return of death. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to see him. Absolutely. I was truly hoping yeah. to see death again. Took a minute to get there. A long time. They, they had did. to go to hell. They did have to go to... Death is apparently you know, chilling in hell now. In this yeah. uplifting movie, they spend time in hell. They do. Everybody did talk Everybody about dies. It. Goes to hell. How uplifting yep. the movie was. And quite literally, the entire band, including the people they steal from time, gets sent to hell by the murder robot. Yes. It's lovely. And the murder robot also goes to hell. Yes. A robot in hell. Yes. Because he commits suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was perplexing, mm. too. I, I think the critics really were just so stir-crazy and sad and scared. I did like the arc of the robot. I did like the arc he of the robot, He started as someone I truly hated mm-hmm. and ended up being kind of amused and maybe felt a little affection for him. Oh, okay. Good. That's a pretty solid it's arc. It's kind of like death. It was a lot like death. Yeah. And, and there was some, like, interplay between death and the robot. Like, the robot sort of attached himself to death, and death sort of tried to shepherd him through being super insecure and thirsty. Right, yes. Which it's I true. thought was adorable. Yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. It was. How did you feel about kind of the culmination of the story? Like, did you did you feel like at the end of the first movie, they, they'd, they'd accomplished their goals? Were you surprised that there was more to do? Did I say the first movie or the second movie? Well, yeah. I mean, how do you have a third movie if you don't have something else to accomplish? Well, I know. But did you feel like the second movie kind of wound things up? Were you surprised that we then had to go see Bill and Ted in middle age struggling to come up with a way to save the world? It felt contrived that this is COVID. (laughs) Well, the movie was constructed pre-COVID. Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I am a hundred percent sure. I think the only reason got it, it got released is oh, COVID. <laughs> that's that's not. There is a huge. You wanted to watch these movies, okay? You had enough affection for the first one that you wanted to work through the series. It's true. And I'm telling you, there are many of us. We were willing to, <laughs> to decide we wanted a third movie. Yeah, yeah. And there were definitely endearing parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's. We have to get to the daughters. Okay, yes. Yes, please. Bill and Ted's <laughs> teenage daughters. We we meet Bill and Ted. The movie starts knowing that they've failed. They're giving a speech at a wedding. Yep. The wedding itself is a joke because, oh, Missy. Missy from one oh, and two. Missy. Missy, who married both of their fathers and then Denomalos, is yep. now marrying yes. Ted, Keanu Reeves's mm-hmm. younger brother, Deacon. Yeah. So the one who took care of Napoleon in the first movie, who was like a twelve. Exactly. So Missy is now going to be Ted's sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. And during the the speech, of course, he said, "I am now my own uncle. Deacon is his own father, and my dad is his own son." Yep. Yep. Pretty great. It was actually pretty great. That was actually yeah. a solid way to round out the Missy story. <laughs> yeah, uh, Missy. 
She went older, 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 and then younger. Yep. That's like like age appropriately younger. Well, way to go, Missy. Yeah. F- follow your bliss, girl. Mm-hmm. Got Absolutely. A little cougar in her. Yes. And I respect mm-hmm. that because she was like the opposite of Cooper yeah. before. She's right. she's done all the things. She's full circle journey, a hero's quest, if you will. Yeah. And then we find out that they are now experimenting with music to attempt to write the perfect song. They've been trying so hard. Their daughters, meanwhile, are such fans of music that they have this insane breadth of knowledge of all things musical, including the most famous theremin player that exists or something along those lines. Because, of course, Ted is playing a theremin. Right. Obviously. They play all of the instruments, essentially, at this wedding. Uh, Theremins. uh, I think there's um, some throat singing. There's definitely um, bagpipes. Yeah, they're they're pulling out all the stops because they don't know how to write this... uh, this reality saving song exactly their daughters are pretty much their only fans at this point and and through this journey have themselves become aficionados and very much like their fathers especially bridget lundy Payne, who plays ted's daughter yes. she has just mm-hmm. and the critics mentioned this too she just captured his physicality so well his dopey grin his gangly walk very his much like so. just good naturedness and like samara weaving was a great daughter to Bill. like And Bill's a little bit harder to capture. Mm-hmm. Like Keanu Reeves had such a strong sound and physicality, but the two of them do such a good job of basically talking exactly like Bill and Ted from the first two movies. Yes. Only with yeah. a few more brain cells. Yes. They're clearly Very much smarter, so. but they've, they've totally embraced sort of that laissez-faire goodwill. Right. Totally like... Um, yeah, the only fans of their dads, like very supportive of their dads. Mm-hmm. Um seem to be kind of the only ones at this point yep which is which is good because even the future has lost all confidence in them yes the future is run by women now all the floaty women Mm -hmm. uh it was great wife of george carlin believes that it could go one of two ways either they make the perfect song or they die apparently there are two prophecies Mm -hmm. george carlin was all in the bill and ted camp she's all in the let's just kill him and her daughter played by christian shawl Wants yep. to save Bill and Ted and, and follow through with her, her dad's legacy of making sure Logan Preston performed the right song at exactly the right time at this exact MP47 place. Right. So she she essentially helps the daughters help the fathers while also mm-hmm. trying to stop her mom from killing Bill and Ted. Right. Yeah. It all makes sense. It all makes perfect sense. But yeah, the, the daughters are probably one of the more endearing parts. They they go and they collect musicians and wind up in hell. Of course. <laughs> because the robot keeps killing the wrong people. And it's like they basically gather up all of these famous musicians and we'll talk about who they grab and then wind up coming back home where the robot is laying in wait. As soon as they open the garage, the robot zaps them and all of the musicians and Christian Shawl. Yeah, one shot... No aim, just murders an entire 12 people all at the same time. Yes. Yep. And his response when he realizes it, oh, oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> it's so good coming from a robot for some reason. Yeah. Just this like, oh God. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, this went so wrong. And it was the second yep. time. He'd also sent Bill's, Ted's dad, yes. the, the cop, to jail. Or not to jail, yep. to hell. Yeah, um, whoopsie zapped him. And the SWAT van, by and the way. With the SWAT van, yes, of course. The SWAT van also went to hell. It's apparently not just like a murder laser, it's a to hell laser. To hell laser. 
Yeah. Because I'm not sure those musicians deserve to be in hell. And no, certainly I don't, I don't feel so. like Ted's daughters did either. No. Yeah. Not at all. His father? Yeah. yeah he made some yeah, mistakes. His father that would be a good home for him. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't disagree. He, yeah. he had some flaws that he really didn't seem to work on. A lot of flaws. Lot really of didn't flaws. seem to work on over the decades. But can we talk about the cell service? Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. She was able have, to make a yes. call from hell. That was impressive. That is not AT&T. Well, I hope they're not a sponsor. <laughs> the, it was the future. So we have to assume that if it is an AT&T, they've, they've really just transcended dimensions. It could make hell better to know you could get phone calls there. Possibly, yeah. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, if they did manage to like align all the planets and create meaningful conversation, blah, 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 then sure, why wouldn't a cell phone from the future work in hell? <laughs> Not only in hell, but across different times, too. She was speaking true. She was, through time as well. Yeah. She was in the in her past, mm-hmm. in hell, mm-hmm. talking to her mother in her present, yes. which is the future of when she was in hell, right. yelling at her for sending a killer robot that sent her to hell. Yes. <laughs> which is very impressive, like you it's say, great. Ellen. Just like, wow, I want that. I would sign up for that service. Yeah. 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 They really did double down on the on the future, being super futury this time around. Just like much more expansive. They really dialed down the phone and the fluorescence, which I was kind of bummed by. Yeah, I kind of if they'd kept that look, that would have been <sighs> something. Yeah. Commitment to the look. They could have updated the foam. They could update the foam but keep the fluorescent colors, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a missed opportunity to me. They shouldn't have futured up the future. I I think so too. Because that future probably wasn't that far ahead in the future. Maybe? It's unclear. It was 27 something. So it was like 700 700 years from now? Sorry, I mean, um, the future... Okay. Um, How much time had passed in the future future from the other future? Presumably it would also have been (laughs) The future in... So like George okay. Carlin, also, the future that okay. George Carlin was alive in, I think was also presumably 30 years also because 30 Christian years Shaw okay. was about like in her 30s and that, that would yeah, be my you're assumption. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That they makes really, sense. In, in 30 years, they really just developed a whole different color scheme. Like the, they don't use the phone booth anymore. They use no. like an egg for yeah. time travel. Yeah. Yeah. And the robot was equipped with the ability to time travel he didn't even need an egg or didn't even need an egg yeah he just sort of like chinked himself into like a time travel cocoon yep yeah made him definitely more mobile it did he was he was uh definitely able to flit around still terrible at his job ellen what was your favorite past musician that um uh what are the billy and thea went to to see to get oh that's a good question i guess i gotta go with louis hmm yeah, and and it was a young Louis. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, he just that was really fun, and his yeah. persona in the movie was just so fun. It's, yep, very good. Yeah, Jeremiah Kraft plays Louis Armstrong in this, and like he does a really good Louis Armstrong impression, but also like yeah, you're absolutely right. He's just, just kind like, of like cool as hell. Ha- yeah, and just like upbeat and happy about yeah. Yep. All the things that are happening. And he totally bought into the adventure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I 
I did enjoy the musician getting portion of it. Like they immediately like, we're going to make it most excellent band for our fathers. They go straight to Jimi Hendrix. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yep. I love yeah. that you start with another guitarist. But if, if you're going to, they do. should be motherfucking Jimi Hendrix. They can't convince Hendrix. So then yep. they go back in time and get Louis Armstrong because yep. they know Jimi Hendrix is a fan of Louis Armstrong. Yep. They play... Jimi Hendrix, like a video that they took on their cell phone of Jimi Hendrix performing for Louis Armstrong, who is just like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's great. And not freaked out at all by the phone. By the magic. The thing that does not exist. Yes. Yep. Just he's too blown blown away by the music to decide that they're witches and they must be burned to the stake. That's what it is. I totally agree with you. Yep, absolutely. And then they use Louis to get Jimmy, and then right. then they played by then Desmond they go for Still. Mozart. Yep. And yes. instead of just like approaching Mozart, Jimi Hendrix starts playing the same sonata that Mozart is performing in a concert yes. with his electric guitar outside. There's just something, not just the idea, but the visual that they created of Jimi Hendrix jamming with Mozart while Louis Armstrong is just chilling in the back enjoying the shit out of it that was kind of cool yeah louis armstrong's face in the back of that scene was kind of the best one of the best parts of that whole scene yeah yep agreed and then and then you know okay let's be truly diverse about this they bring up ling lun a chinese flautist who's apparently a myth i i had never heard of ling lun because you know i'm american and we don't learn things about other countries yeah, she was like um apparently the the legendary founder of music in ancient China That's and so cool. uh kind of came up with um their versions of kind of do re mi fa sol do re mi sol la ti do. Um yes, the <laughs> no, no, scales. No, I want to hear Megan do the whole nope, thing. No, nope, I got <laughs> it, guys. Start to finish, please. Start do to finish. Do re mi sol oh, no, la no, fi to. No. Fantastic. Feet toe. Got it. Do you read my feet toes? <laughs> Uh, uh, (laughs) um she's said to have created like yeah bamboo flutes um making the sound of birds but uh, including like a mythical phoenix yeah i mean i Mm -hmm. i yeah it's a it's it's kind of amazing and i'm really glad they went and grabbed her that's right and i'm fantastic they, they made the point of saying like oh ling lung you're not a myth and you're a woman so there's it's a possibility that ling lung is is probably depicted as a man historically I don't know. But it was just, yeah. They were, in the fact that their their daughters are daughters. I don't think we'd gotten a gender for their kids at the end of the first, yeah, the they, second movie. They, they said Little Bill and Little Ted. They did. Um, yep. They did at the end of the, the last one. But it was very like, this This movie very, very, very intentionally was like, we're going to have actual women with actual characters and personalities. And we're going to have more than just white people. And the one thing they did mm-hmm. that the critic mentioned, and I, I kind of agree with, the drummer that they grab, yep. they go to essentially like caveman Africa and cool mm-hmm. that your drummer's a black woman. But yep. there's like something about the visual of a black woman being a caveman drumming with a bone. Probably not what they were going for, but it is, it is a little yeah. bit, mm, cool, cool, black lady drummer. Why is she a caveman? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little, it's a, yeah. Yeah. This, this actor is uh, Patty Ann Miller, who is, um, a, you know, a real drummer. And, uh, oh, yeah, you could tell is, she was is amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, it was so cool to watch her drum. And then Kid Cudi was also there uh, because yes. 
people, figures from time were just like being removed from their time periods and being dropped in to the present because reality and time were collapsing. And so Kid Cudi disappeared early in the movie from his place and wound up in Bill and Ted's place and seemed predominantly there to explain quantum physics and time travel to them so that they would understand what was going on. And there's a lovely exchange where he has like this very complex description of like, oh, well, if we're dealing with like a quantum blah, 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 I didn't write it down and I'm not going to remember it. But yeah. he's saying this to, to, you know, Bill and Ted's daughters. And uh, Bridget Lindy Payne, the Billy character, um, Ted's daughter, it's like, your understanding of our dire circumstances is most excellent. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It was it was it was little moments like that that were like you know gave you a chuckle gave you a smile and we're like you know you you're doing good fan service we'll also you know make it up for some of the mistakes that you've made in the past and just being squishy yeah you know? absolutely unfortunately we can't keep you for much longer we started recording far far too late for you you have you have class to teach in the morning students to student I don't know what what do you do. Okay, you, you teach, should you teach know things. what your mom. Yeah, you should know what your mom does. I, for, I don't. Like, a it living. involves a school and. Okay. In, yeah. Oh, I no. went to that school. I went to that yep, school. Sure. I remember some of it, but but I don't want to keep you too long. But thank you, thank you so much for joining us. It was it was a delight and a pleasure, and I only hope that I brought something to this oh you brought something to this you, you bring everything to this <laughs> i mean if if nothing else you brought me into the world well this is true oh dear <laughs> i am the reason so, you exist exactly so you you've already like this is just you doubling down on bringing something to this podcast is that something is that when i say that do i go you're welcome and i'm sorry yeah that's actually that's, that's probably <laughs> that's about right. self, that's self about right. something about for everybody yeah exactly <laughs> all you're, right you're welcome, and yeah, she she probably should apologize a little bit. Because I certainly won't. I'm more you're welcome. Aww. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. I love you. I love you, too. Well, Megan, Aww. I love you, too. I love you, too. And listeners. Thank you. She probably loves you, too. To be fair, she does know most of the listeners and does love them, so... <laughs> so, Amber, one of my other um, favorite interactions was... Um, when um they went to get uh Ling Lun, um Mozart knew who she was and was a super like a super fan of hers and got so excited about like her playing the flute and then he just spoke German to her and they they hung out. It was pretty great. Yep, he he played a riff of one of his pieces on her flute and then she immediately picked it up and was just like, Yeah, 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 I can jam to this. This is good shit. Like it was he he definitely did like language barrier fanboyed her and she was yep. so cool and chill about it. Yep. The yep. the the gathering of the band was I feel like such a repudiation to a certain extent of how they dealt with history in the first movie. Yep. It absolutely. was it, the exact it opposite inten- in every way. Felt intentional for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we haven't talked about is that one of the main storylines of this movie, and I think, you know, the critics talked about how the daughter's storyline just wasn't that interesting. To me, I kind of was more entertained by it than I was by the A storyline of Bill and Ted jumping, like leapfrogging farther and farther into the future to go find themselves to see if they they developed the song yet. Because of course, they can't figure it out. So they're just going to steal their own work from their future selves, having done the hard work. And and yet again, it's a Bill and Ted movie that 
essentially the A story means nothing. They they don't do anything. Nothing they do makes any difference. It's their daughters that are going and doing the things. It seems like more than anything, their journey is about realizing that their friendship is the most important thing and that they've made some mistakes in their lives. And if they don't address those mistakes, then they could lose everything. And by everything, we're not talking about reality. We are not talking about reality collapsing. We are talking about the princess babes. The princess bibs. The princess bibs. The, the biggest change between, like, essentially as soon as they start going into the future to find their future selves, the future selves are less successful. They're also more bitter, and the bibs have left them. And we, we know yep. that there's trouble brewing in Bibland because Bill and Ted wind up in couples therapy with the princesses right. before this adventure really gets going. Yes. And apparently they told uh, their wives that they were going to couples therapy. And what Bill and Ted meant was all four of them would go together. And what each of their wives thought was that it would be just them and their husband were going together. But Amber, they don't do anything separately. Nope, not even telling the princess babes that they love them. The, the, the therapist, we love our wives. The therapist, the all she asks of them is to turn to their individual wives and say... I love you. And they cannot stop themselves from saying, we love you. Mm -hmm. And no matter how bad things get for them in the future, Bill and Ted are always together. That is true. Even even if they're having lots of um, troubles with each other, um, they, they still... I mean, they're they're together in in sadness. They're together, like in what seems to be their dying uh, deathbeds. Um. Well, I mean, the deathbeds was that was actually the good point. They they seemed happy then. It's yeah. The first Serene. jump, Ted is suddenly drinking heavily. Yeah, he's they're playing a sad show. They try to duck out on their past selves. Like they run for the door because they don't have the song and they don't want to talk about why they don't have the song. And Ted is a huge dick. He's drinking, he's angry, he's throwing a lot of hate around. And and both Bill and Ted of, of the present just are not thrilled with where Ted's at. And they jump again into the future and they're trying to steal music from the Foo Fighters. They have broken right. into Dave Grohl's house and are trying to pass off Dave Grohl's work as their own. And they're faking right. British accents for some reason. Right. They're and they're pretending uh, Dave Grohl's house is their own. They're trying to impress their past selves. Exactly. Um, they do trick do, them. Yeah. They do do a clever, stupid thing. Present Bill and Ted are trying to escape from future Bill and Ted who are threatening them with a gun if they don't yep. take Dave Grohl's music and pass it off as their own. Right. They can't escape them because obviously future Bill and Ted know every move that past Bill and Ted are going to make. So in order to circumvent this, they put buckets on their heads so they can't see where they're going or what they're doing. Yep. That's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 a small thing they do, but it's it's actually really kind of clever. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually was like, oh. That would work. Oh, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. You really can't They didn't know. know what they did. Okay. All right. And then they wind up farther in the future. Mm-hmm. Now they're both in prison and disturbingly Ugh. jacked and oh, filled so with Oh, so swole. So yeah. swole. Yeah. They're very angry. They're very swole. They're chanting death, hate, death, something, kill to a group of prisoners. But 
they do save Bill and Ted from the murder robot. Right, because they do they are smart enough to realize that if past them dies, then future them doesn't get to live. So Which makes it extra funny that they threatened them with a gun in the last go round. Yes, that is absolutely true. Yep. Yep. My favorite is of course when they go to what what seems to be a senior care home and they're lying in the same room side by side. It's a nice place. It is. They're old. They they have the song. It's a USB drive that says, you know, Preston Logan on it and, you know, MP forty seven at seven seventeen. They listen yep. to a little bit of it. My favorite part is that it's, you know, Bill talking to old Bill is, is cute, but Ted talking to old Ted. It Especially really considering did. like how salty old Ted got after the princess has left. Just <sighs> younger Ted, you know, fifty year old Ted, present Ted. I feel like I never really knew you. Old Ted, that's my fault. I never opened up to you. When I looked at you, I saw myself. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. He is you. He is you. You're talking to yourself, you weirdo. You're talking to yourself. So appropriate. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Then, of course, the ladies, the, their daughters and all of the musicians get sent to hell. The robot has an existential crisis. He corners them at the old folks' home after they've gotten the music. They can, they can right. save it. They have the track. It's on the USB. Right. And then the robot's like, I sent your daughters to hell. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then Bill and Ted are like, fuck you, man. Send us to hell, too. Shoot us. Shoot us. It's like, I can't take life anymore. I can't do this. I've made mistakes. Ah, uh, yeah. ah, uh, I'm going to kill myself. So then the robot decides to kill himself and Bill and Ted jump yes. on him so that they will also get sent to the same place as their daughters because they don't the care about laser. time, space, yeah. and reality anymore. They just want to no. save their daughters. Seems reasonable for them. Yes. That doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I only get bothered by people ignoring the greater good who are supposed to be smart. Bill and Ted are simple creatures. Of course Mm -hmm. they would say, damn it all, we must rescue our daughters. Of course they would do that. Yeah, that's the only, yeah, of course. Makes sense. I don't mean to be nitpicky, Amber, but past Bill and Ted go to several different iterations of future Bill and Ted's. But all of those future Bill and Ted's must have known what, had happened in order for like why didn't they just give them the like why didn't they give them the song because they didn't have it but the last ones did yes of course they did but why didn't the first two iterations have the song so i think what we're supposed to think Mm -hmm. especially after kid cuddy makes some explanations and i and i think the older bill and ted's themselves say this is that there are multiple timelines, not just one. So in theory, they've been visiting the one where the princesses leave them and they don't develop the song. But reality ends if they don't develop the song. So what? Okay. Yeah, I know. I I should stop. I I need to stop. I know. I know. You're not wrong. It's really, it's rough and bad. (laughs) I just, I... I don't want to be too nitpicky because I don't really care because it's no, a not. Bill and Ted movie. But like it does it. I started to think about it a bit, and then I was like, uh, and then you just you just need to let it go. You need to you know that to you're going to have yeah, to let it this go. Make, it doesn't make any sense. It truly doesn't. You are you are one hundred percent not wrong. 
what else the you know the other logical inconsistency that they 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 do highlight in this movie is that okay now they're in hell looking for their daughters with the robot the robot is in hell the ro yep. the the the, mm -hmm. the machine killed itself and wound up in hell and i do enjoy i i love i love how they play with that by not answering yes. it but just sort of highlighting it a few times he's once they get there with bill and ted he's super insecure he's feeling really sad but he's also grateful that they're willing to forgive him and, and then he just starts telling them his name my name is dennis dennis mccoy dennis caleb mccoy and i am so grateful that you are willing to forget and bill is finally just like you are a grateful insecure somehow dead robot named dennis caleb mccoy can we go now and save our daughters <laughs> Because he has this whole uh, yeah, awkward it's great. speech. Yep. Yep. And then just just to to just just really look at it one more time. While they're looking for their daughters, they pass a couple of demons. And they're like, huh. Yeah, it's a robot in hell. Weird. <laughs> just, yep. Yeah, just weird. just like we're just gonna mention it. Yeah, just hang a hang a lamp on it and well, just happens. go for it. Even the demons are kinda like, well, well you see something new every day. Except, you know, yeah. usually we don't, because hell. Probably he's probably seen all the things, but now a robot. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a thing. That is a thing that's happening. Yeah. So the Rob, so Dennis Caleb McCoy is played by uh, Anthony Carrigan, and he's billed as an emotionally insecure time traveling robot sent by the great leader to kill Bill and Ted. That's precisely <laughs> what he is. Exactly what he is. Yeah. yeah. He's somehow awful and wonderful. And it, yes. he doesn't, he's actually, I, I've watched the first season of Barry, which is very good, but also very dark. And you know who I am. I like fluffy things in my brain. He plays um, probably my favorite character on, on that show. He's he's great. Noho Hank. Oh, Noho Hank. So funny. So inexplicably sweet. So I'm not surprised that I, I feel this way about this character. Yeah, fair. They managed to get out of hell because they, death is there because he's been demoted for letting them go back to life, which seems to be the rules of playing death in a game. Yep. yep. So I'm not sure why he got punished for it. Right. It seems like, I mean, maybe they were mad that he lost, I guess. He's not supposed to lose. Perhaps. I guess, but that seems like putting a lot of pressure on death. Yeah, it does. It really does. Give him some training in Battleship and Twister. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just leave him hanging out there. But they, apparently they had a falling out because death got too big for his britches, tried to go solo, then tried to steal the name Wild Stallions and was doing 40-minute bass solos. Pretty much exactly what you'd expect from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the daughters managed to repair the relationship by basically telling him what he needs to hear. You're just yeah. so good. We loved your... The very beginning of this one track on this we one album. The, we love the two bars in this yeah, one thing. It's great. It's the first three bars of this were amazing. Uh-huh. Yep. But that's what he needs. He he's he's still as thirsty, Amber. He's It's he's, true. Yeah. And the daughters are, are there to to really realize what he needs and, and to get past all of the egos and the hurt feelings. I think they're also the ones when they, they talk this massive group of people that they have assembled who, you know, we're come to future and help us play in a band. Oh, now we're in hell. They love that. Welcome to and sorry about hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. 
I did enjoy that. The, the, the end is, is very, it's very abrupt and very funny. They, they, they get together. They realize it's, oh, it's not Bill and Ted themselves. It's their daughters, but it's actually not actually their daughters. No. It's the musicians. It's the that musicians. Their daughters basically use their knowledge of their abilities and their love of music to sort of direct them to yeah. play the right song. And then they sort of mix it. So yep. still really relying on the talents of diverse musicians and somehow getting all of the credit for it. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, okay, cool. But it is, and, then, and then we learn it's not the song. It's everyone yes. playing the song together. Right. The oh, end. boy. Yeah, this goes, <laughs> this goes places. I'd actually kind of forgot about this part somehow. Yeah, they back off the fact that this song was so good because essentially they they have now in this movie made it so they have to play this reality saving song and how do you make a song so good that it saves reality well what you do is that you actually take a big step back and you decide oh it's not the actual music it's the fact that everybody in the world played the song together everybody in the world at all times at all times played this all song together times and places so the daughters get they're talented musicians to play the right riffs. And then Bill and Ted and the princesses get in the time machine and hit the infinity button, which then lets them simultaneously visit every single person who's ever lived and hand them an instrument. And then everybody hears the song, knows how to play the instrument they were handed, and then plays the song. And that aligns all the planets and fixes time, space, and reality. Right. The end. The end. It was a catchy song. Yeah. So yeah, it was... uh, was Infallible and perfect in every way. Perfect. Bill and Ted deliver instruments. Everyone plays the instruments. The world is saved. Their daughters did it, kind of, but largely Louis Armstrong, Jimi Hendrix, Ling Lin, Mozart, Kid Cudi. Yeah. And Grom, I believe, was the name of the... uh, Yeah. Mm. The drummer... Yep. They 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 seem to and, and Bill and Ted also play guitar. They do. They they of course have to jump in and play their, their guitar. Their daughters obviously. are pressing buttons on mixing boards and stuff and, mm-hmm. and they, they 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 have an ear. They they get sound. They, they do. Can, you they, know, they can bring they, the ensemble together. Yeah. So they're not thoroughly doing nothing, but they're certainly not doing everything. Oh no, not at all. Yeah. But it's still Logan Preston. It is still Logan Preston. Okay. Death gets in there on the bass and plays those uh, three bars that were so good on that one song that one How time. How did I forget? How did I forget? Of course they have Death. Of course, they, they <laughs> needed Death to get out of hell. And then they also yes. needed him to pay the bass because they hadn't picked up a bassist. They had not, no. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was a very happy and let's all get together moment. Yeah. Without and on any, the rock- any fraught things. Yeah. And on the rock scale, Amber, you would uh, rate it uh, regrettable, outstanding, Chris Wells and gay. Oh, actually, could you go get your mom and wake her up and ask no. her uh, what she would rate this movie no, on the rock scale? No, because she would support the rock scale and she would pay into you. She'd be like, oh, this is great. I love the Damn rock it. scale, Megan. And I love Damn you. Damn it. I should have asked her. God guess it. what, Megan? You're getting this one. And this mm-hmm. one says, screw the rock scale and screw you. This Excellent. one right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd see you. Same jeans. Yep. Totally different attitude. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a salty craze balls. 
Yeah. And, and it's it's like a it's like a craze balls K, but like in a yeah. K kind of like K. like kind of the, how the critics thought about it. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's nice. He's got like good funny craze balls moments, but it's like yeah. predominantly on top of a layer of K. This is a K yes. movie. K. Is, all right. Yeah. yeah. This is inoffensive. I don't think I mostly. Get higher pitched. I mean, I could, yeah. but it won't sound very good. <laughs> this is fluff that doesn't make me angry most of the time. Yeah, it can make me forget my circumstances. And it yeah. it really doesn't challenge or interrogate anything messy. Mm, there's like, nope, I think, nope, nope. what I, fraught? I don't know. That's that's the word yeah. I'm coming up with, though. It doesn't. It, there's nothing fraught about this. No. It's just, it's a sweet, silly movie about the world coming together and a murder robot who's insecure and feels bad about it and commits suicide and winds up in hell. Mm, and, yes. he, you know, it's really about the power of you know, friendship and two dudes who always loved each other and really weren't that special, but were around special things. Yep, exactly. Kind yeah. of like their daughters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they knew a lot. They did. Yeah. All right. They did. Good stuff. Megan, do you have an Abby story? <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to deviate here a little bit, Amber. Um, <laughs> I, I actually have a Erica story. Oh. And so... <laughs> I was not prepared for that. No. Well, yes. Um, Okay. Um, So uh, there is um, this one bit that Kristen Schaal and uh, Kurt Braunheller do. And uh, they sing this silly song. And uh, Erica was trying to tell me about this bit that they do. Um, And she um, knows, uh, so she could name Kurt Braunheller. And she's like, ah, so is Kurt Braunheller and... um, Oh shoots! What's what's her name? What's her name? Mm, and she had a really hard time coming up with uh, Christian Shaw's name. The bit they do is called "Christian Shaw is a horse," and the whole thing is repeating "Christian Shaw is a horse." Christian Shaw is a horse. Well, look at her dance and look at her go. Look at her dance like a horse. And so, like half the song is made up of the name she was trying to think of. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. That's one of those so anytime I, th- <laughs> anytime I see Christian Schall, uh, it makes me think of that wonderful, wonderful moment with Erica and how delightful that was. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? Her name is made up of half of the song. Her name is 30% oh, of the song. It's so good. It always makes me smile. <laughs> I am usually the perpetrator of moments like that. Oh, yeah. Of course. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I do. I am going to recommend Atypical. It is a show on Netflix. Um, It is basically focuses on a family um, with a son who is neuroatypical. Um, I believe he has autism. I say questioningly, but yes, he, he, he is a young man with autism. Um, or he is portraying a young man with autism. And I recommend it because, largely because Bridget Lundy Payne, um, the actress who plays Billy, Ted's Ted's daughter in this, is in it. And she might be, I, I think at least right now, is my favorite portrayal of a teenage woman in a show that I may have ever seen. It is just balanced, well thought out, 
complex and it, it just doesn't fall into the usual pitfalls that I see of like young women who are in high school being portrayed in certain ways. And it's just, I'm not mad at it. I'm not frustrated with it. I am not incapable of identifying with it. It's, 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 it's really, really, really good. And, and the show does a lot of other good things. It's very predictable in its storylines. So you can pretty much tell where it's going to go and what it's going to do, but the way it executes is really kind of heartwarming and, and, maintains the complexity of the situation without simplifying it. I think it is a little bit sugar-coated in, in some ways, but I, I think it really does look at and interrogate, you know, challenges of living with neurodiversity and, and kind of how the world sees you and how you interact with the world. And then, you know, ballooning it out to the family and dealing with, you know, the usual family dramas. But it, it's, it, yeah, I, I think it's actually a pretty solid show. Um, and you know how bad I am with with recommendations. And I haven't really looked into it and how, because I'm not myself neurodiverse. So I don't know how the community feels about it. But at the very least, when it comes to Bridget Lindy Payton's character, love her. It's a huge fan of it. In the show, I watched with my mom. Um, and yeah, it was so it's, it's doubly appropriate. It has Bridget Lundy Payne from this movie and I watched it with my mom. So it's, it's oh, I watched Atypical with my mom and I watched this with my mom and it's it's, it's mm -hmm. all, it's a full thing. So yeah. That's beautiful. I, you've done I, it. I, you've done it, for, Amber. You've, you've, you've aligned the planets. I aligned the planets. saved reality. Muppet, Muppet. <laughs> let's have a conversation. Oh, we're still not, okay. That, I didn't actually. Oh, still not there. Okay, well. Shit. Let me see. Oh, well. All right. Yeah, uh, give give a typical a check. Um, see how you feel. It's it's a good good squishy, but like interesting, a little complicated. And yeah, her character. I just really like her character, and I rarely like the way high school age women are portrayed in shows. So yeah, Megan, do you have yes, a recommendation? Amber. Yeah, Amber, I've got a, a recommendation. Um, there's this bit. And it's called uh, Christian Shawl is a horse. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's in it? Do you know? I don't remember. Okay, I don't fair. know. Um, it's it's ridiculous, and it's um, it's just Kurt Brownholer singing Christian Shawl is a horse, and Christian Shawl dancing to it. Um, and it is it's funny, and then it's not funny, and then it's funny again. And uh, I've I've heard Christian Shawl talk about it, and like they used to do it every so often, like on stage or wherever and sometimes Kurt Braunholer would just go on a lot longer than he than other times and she would have to be dancing this entire time like just like like emphatically like energetically dancing to this because she had to dance like a horse and you know mm -hmm. how horses dance oh very and very so... energetic yeah I mean it's powerhouse animals yeah, so so I, I at some point I heard an interview of hers saying that she would like sometimes just look at him and be like, "Okay, that is enough." <laughs> of course, that only made him do it a few more a few uh, more of verses course. of yeah. it. But why wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, so pretty great, pretty ridiculous. All right, excellent. Well, Amber, <clears throat> I'd like to close like we like I always do by saying. When all the water has gone, only the largest rocks will still remain in the riverbed. What? Mm. What? What is that mm. even trying to mm. make me think about? Mm. 
Mm, thoughtful. No, but how is it thoughtful? Mm. What is that trying? One, I'm not sure that's actually factually true in any way. What? How did the water leave? Are you suggesting that it's like the river comes and then it's, it, it goes and it's done? Did it dry up? Did you put a dam up? Because if you put a dam oh. up, all those rocks are still there. Yeah, it really makes you think, mean? doesn't it, Amber? No, yeah, it doesn't. It really makes you and think. Then what's yeah. what's mm. the metaphor here? When the river is gone... Only the largest rocks. The fuck does that mean? Are we talking about, oh, the pressures of life and only the, the strong will survive? Is that what it's trying to suggest to me? Because that's some bullshit that I don't like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I hate this. Who said this? Can I slap them? Are they alive and can <laughs> they be slapped? Uh, yeah. I don't even want you to have a good weekend this year. Have a good weekend oh, next no. year. Have a good weekend next year, Megan. Ouch. Yeah. Hardball. Bye. Bye. Shawl is a horse. Christian Shawl is a horse. Look at her dancing. Look at her go and look at her dance like a horse. Christian Shawl is a horse. Christian Shawl is a horse. Look at her dancing. Look at her go and look at her dance like a horse.